What's going on, my friends? Welcome to episode 6 of the Get Your Game On podcast, bringing you the hot stakes, latest stories, and spicy picks around New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, national, and international sports. Hosted by yours truly, Alan Grassani. Joined as always by Michael Cunningham, Alex Reach, David Heller, Chris Kieran, and Mercedes Murdoch. You can listen to the podcast right now on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetYourGameOnP. Now, with all that said, it's time to get your game on. Yeah, brother. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? How's everyone doing? Good. Truly blessed, my guy. Truly blessed. All right. Um, yeah, sure. So, as you know, we always have to give out some programming information at the beginning of the show, and... We have some big programming information right now. After missing two episodes due to a prior engagement, our man Chris Kieran is back on the podcast. Yeah, give some noise. Let's clap it up for Chris. Oh, thank you, Chris, guys. Glad to be, be back. back big, man. big C. Be good. Chris, anything you have? Left? Anything you have to say? I'm just, I'm just excited, excited to be back talking sports with you guys. It's gonna be a fun show. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, unfortunately, um. With Chris's edition, unfortunately, Marcellus couldn't be here um, due to um, an internship that he's working at. Um, it's a really – he recently got um, a really nice internship. But definitely, Marcellus, if you're listening, you know, go out there and kick butt and take names. You know the vibes, Adam. Uh, all right. So, you guys ready to dive in? Mm-hmm. But before we dive yeah. in, we have a very, very special guest joining us. He covers the Eagles for Philly Sports Network. He's also a co-host of uh, the Flippin' Birds pod. Um, Alex, it's your um, so close to introduce our guest. Okay. Uh, this is uh, my close friend, Brian. Uh, he's been very, uh, very close to the Eagles um, as, as well as the Flipping Boards podcast, and actually lately he he got to interview Eagles linebacker Sean Bradley, um, which is a really cool um, episode he did, and I I suggest you all to take a listen, and it's one of the best yet that that they did, and I really liked it. I appreciate that, Alex, and I appreciate you guys having yeah. me on for this one. No pause. It's great to have you on. First of no all, I, ask, I just got to ask you right off the bat, what's it like, yo, to be so deeply involved in covering, like, a, a big-time sports team like the Eagles, yo? You're running for them. You're hosting a podcast about them. What's it like to be able to cover, like, a team like that in depth? It's fun. I'm, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's, it's a good time. At times, it does get a little stressful, but as long as you, you know, you have everything kind of just – all your ducks in a row when it comes to this kind of stuff, you, you know I mean, it just becomes a, it just becomes fun to work at, I guess we would really say. Um, we've interviewed the likes of Brian Dawkins, you know, like, like Alex mentioned, Sean Bradley, Kayvon Wallace. And every time these guys come on a podcast, they always have a great time and just enjoy themselves because it's a laid back podcast where they could just relax and just have a beer with a couple guys. I have a question for you, for, for you, B. What's going on? Who's your favorite Eagle player of all time and why? My favorite Eagles player of all time has got to be Dom, Donovan McNabb. Uh, that's the first 
player I fell in love with. I mean, when I first watched football, it was Eagles and Giants, and McNabb was just running all over the field and just tossing it. I mean, the first position you always fall in love with is usually quarterback. Um, throughout time, it's become, you know, certain players like Miles Sanders is definitely one of my, um, my top five favorites, Brian Dawkins, um, players of that sort. I did love Terrell Owens' time in here. I felt like it was cut a little too short, but things happen, right? Now, I, I have a question to ask. Um, were you um, there? Were you covering the team uh, for the um, 2018 Super Bowl? And if so, what was that experience like? Like, even if you weren't covering, what was that like experience like? I actually was, and I actually started covering them afterwards. Um, I joined um, Philly Sports Network right around um, after the Super Bowl. So I kind of was part of, you know, the the redemption season for Carson and things of that sort. So everything afterwards is what I, was what I covered. But 2017, um, it was just, you know, a pure fandom experience, um, just experiencing how the, the city was really vibing with the team and how everything was just clicking on all cylinders. It was phenomenal from a fan's perspective. Yeah, definitely. Like the first Super Bowl in franchise history, like that's always like um, that's always special. I mean, t- when you're mm-hmm. like you're rooting for a team their whole life and they've never won a championship, and to finally be able to see them win that first championship, like I can't even imagine like what it's gonna feel like. And hopefully, I'll have that feeling soon with the Nets. Yeah, oh, right. Nice, wow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could I could go on about the Nets, but I'm not gonna do that. So um, to get into um the Eagles um. So far, I've, they've had, like, a quiet offseason. I mean, they made a couple moves, but so far, it's been kind of quiet. You know, they've lost Deshaun Jackson. They lost Malik Jackson. Um, so, Daniel – I'm sorry, Brian. Um, Brian, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on the um, Eagles offseason? It's going to be a quiet offseason just for the fact that they're really um, strapped to the cap right now. They only have, I think, available um, $3 million. So they can't really do much. They can only get really low-key moves. Um, The Joe Flacco move was low-key. Anthony Harris was probably the biggest steal for them that they could get. Um, He's definitely going to be a phenomenal safety for them going forward, especially at only 29 years old. Outside of that, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon, Malik, uh, they had to go. It was, you know, this team is, is on the cusp of getting younger and on the cusp of a retooling. Um, with the draft coming up, is it's a big question mark as to which direction they're going to go in. People feel like maybe it's Jalen Hurts. People feel like maybe it's a, a pick in this um in the draft. But right now, this this team is trying to find their identity under Nick Sirianni and under Howie Roseman, and they're trying to get out of the spotlight while you know while deflecting everything that they possibly can at this point. <laughs> I have a question for you, for for you, Mister B. What's going what on? do you think about Carson Wentz being a good quarterback and? Was it good? Was it a good time to get rid of Nick Foles after the championship? Uh, or, go ahead. My other question is: Who you think is the greatest Eagle player in history, and do you think Andy Reid should never been fired? All right, so let me let me try to keep up with that. So Carson Wentz, I think he's a phenomenal quarterback, phenomenal talent. Um, I think he's going to succeed in, in Indianapolis. The thing about Carson is um, his up, upbringing was a little bit different than Philly culture, and I mean, it's a lot for him to embrace and. It just got to a point where it's just, you know, he had to find a new place to, to reset. Um, as far as Nick Foles, it was they needed to do that for the, for the sake of, though, at the time, the commitment to Carson Wentz. Um, Foles is not a starter, like a starting caliber player in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, he's never had a really good season outside of the Chip Kelly season. And what the other two questions was, who I think is the greatest Eagles of, Eagle of all time, right? Yeah, the greatest Eagle of all time. And... Do you think Andy Reid should have never been fired for the Eagles? Oh, yeah, Andy Reid should have never definitely been fired. I mean, that was a, a impulse decision. Um, Jeffrey Lurie, um, he's, he has a bad track record, track record of getting too involved 
with the team, uh, which has been a big, big issue this offseason. And I, my damn greatest ego of all time. I mean, you got to give it a, to Brian Dawkins. I mean, the guy was probably top, you know, top two of safety in, during his time. And he wasn't number two at that either. Um, he was a phenomenal player. I mean, on and off the field, everything he gave to the city was, you know, literally blood, sweat, and tears. And to see a, a player pour that on every every week when, um, for the team is you got to put him up there, in my opinion, at least. Going back to uh, across the ones, I wanted to ask you, um, like, can you go more in depth into why you think like it didn't work out in Philadelphia and why you think he's going to succeed in Indianapolis? So, from my understanding, um, don't quote me on this. <laughs> But <laughs> the, the culture in the locker room, you know, it, it changed from 2017 to 2018. It was, you know, it was Carson's locker room from when he was drafted to, you know, the, even the Super Bowl season. People were really riding with him. But throughout his rehab um, to get back to where he was, he, he alienated a lot of people. Um, he was focused so so he was solely focused on his his um his rehab that it, it threw him into, like, my opinion, like in a corner. Um, after that, it was, you know battling the fact that he he never got any weapons. I mean, Alshon was barely on the field. Deshaun was on the field for like one or two games. Um, the play calling was treacherous this off, this season. It's, it just didn't work out for a player of his caliber at his age right now because the team couldn't really – they couldn't really build around him the correct way. They were building around the 2017 season opposed to building around their franchise quarterback. And I think that's why Jalen Hurts is going to succeed because this team is, is – technically already built for him um the rookies last season they really gravitated towards him the even if you listen to the flipping the birds podcast this week sean bradley even mentioned that the whole team themselves they gravitated towards Jalen's leadership the defense and offense the defense was standing on the field just just to watch Jalen hurts play david you had a question uh can it be a question and a comment go ahead so um i just want to tell um that I described as one one of the greatest podcasts of Philly sports, flipping flipping boards pod. It's one of the pods I, I described. I appreciate that, David. And uh, my my comment, I want to uh, uh, my comment I say is that um back when you talk about like. Don McNabb and the older guys like from like 2000s since like mm-hmm. going back when I was a kid like in the 2000s I mean those guys were like um one of my one of my favorite players all time when I was a kid like Donovan or T.O. or Weapon X mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a lot more like that's the reason I love football like my dad played football that's and awesome. my grandpa coached and played, and my uncle played too. So football has been a heavy hitter sport that my family ever played. But I love the board. For I'm lifelong forever Eagles fan. That's phenomenal, man. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, both Alex and David here are big Philly sports fans. Yo, B, I got one question for you to interrupt, Adam. Uh, Chris, you have any questions? Uh, Alex, this is your guest, man. Alex, yeah, you're more involved, man. You brought him on the show. You ain't gonna ask him no question. Uh, uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Alex Singleton getting uh, released? 
getting resigned. Um, I think it was yeah. necessary. Um, Singleton had a phenomenal season. Um, he didn't start towards the beginning, but towards the end, he ended up with 120 tackles to end the season. And the Eagles have a huge need at linebacker, but at the same time, they have what they need at linebacker already. It's just that the old scheme wasn't wasn't willing to to develop these young these young players like Sean, like um, Davion, Alex, TJ. Outcast in that scheme, in my opinion. But this season, you'll see more heavy um, linebacker play. I mean, from all these guys. Yeah, I want to ask you really quick. Um, what are your expectations for um, Jalen Hurts? Like, he as soon as he started starting, like he played pretty well the first couple of games, but then kind of like regressed towards the end. Um, like, what are your expectations for him? Like, going to like his first full season. I expect him to be more than just a starter, a starting caliber um, QB. I expect him to at least be, you know, I'll say top 15, honestly. Can't put too many expectations on him because we don't know what the offense is going to look like or who's going to be on the outside to receive the ball. Um, but as long as everybody's healthy, I mean, if, as long as you have Travis Fogel, as long as you get Hightower to, you know, to to actually progress opposed to regress, Hurts is going to be a stud, in my opinion. I, I truly feel like if you're comparing him um, running quarterbacks, that he's better than Lamar Jackson in passing, and he's a little quicker than Lamar. Um, Ooh, I like the hot take there. I mean, oh, 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 yeah. I um, takes, but I like this guy. But it's true. I mean, if you, if you look at Jalen, like the way he moves, is is he's he's a smart player. Like he's he's very cerebral in everything he does. And in college, he had a completion percentage, if I'm not mistaken, like seventy percent in his last season. So I'm not too worried about you know how he's going to look. I I truly feel like this team could be. Decent. I'm not going to say that they're going to win the NFCs, um, but they're going to be, you know, a dangerous team going forward. I, that that much I can say. Have Anyone have any questions? I got a couple. For you, um, what is your favorite football, like favorite football play for the NFL? Favorite type of what's your favorite type of Eagles play they run on the offense? Mine is the Philly special. I love the Philly. Better known oh as yeah, that's a classic. Thing. Better known as the running back pass is probably but, the greatest. Funny yeah, story, yeah. I got I got to throw this out there. Um, one time, like me and my friends were playing um a, ga- a game of like, you know, touch football, and we ran playing. My friends called it the Grassani Special. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, like I think well, one of my favorite plays was um was a very underrated play that nobody really talks about was the flea flicker against the Minnesota Vikings to Torrey Smith. What he called it at the the tip of the end zone. Uh, I, I remember I, that at all. I remember watching Dave Shawnee play uh, when he ran against the Giants and scored that eight, 70, 78 yard touchdown. Yes. And he yeah. kept running in circles and circles. Hey, my and also the Giants, I root for you. I hate the Giants and I hate the Eagles. I'm a Cowboy. <laughs> uh, that, I was waiting for you to mention that. Dallas. Everybody knows I live in Green. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I was waiting for you to mention that. In my opinion, the NFC East is the most hardest division in the NFL history. Absolutely. Uh, well, historically, yeah, they, it's, it's definitely, like, regressed on in years, like, <laughs> cough, cough last year. But historically, the NFC East has always been, like, a really NFC solid division. Most dominant yeah, division. Absolutely. And my other question is, who you want the Eagles to draft in this year's draft? I'm stuck between right now Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. Um, I I don't think Chase will be at NFC. I don't think he'll last that long. But if he is, then that's my my um, my surefire pick. But if he um if he's gone, then I think they have to go Kyle Pitts, and you you convert Kyle Pitts to wide receiver because that's that's how good of a player he is. He can run great routes. He's he's crisp. He's clean. He can go up and grab the ball. 
Uh, I think he's going to be a phenomenal talent. Um, I, I, uh, David, uh, real quick, and then I'll ask one final and then, and then I'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, my question is, um, what um, should take on uh, Eagles off Eagles offseason? It is what is what it was going to be oh, from from the get. They were they were struggling to get under the cap. They finally got under the cap by releasing a lot of um, aging veterans. And I think they actually made a great move in signing Anthony Harris. Um, he's a very underrated safety. He's a great in man coverage. Great. In, um, he'll be a great. He'll be a great safety if they can lock him in for the next couple of years. Um, depending on how he does, and as long as he stays injury free. As far as the Joe Flacco move, I'm still on the. Outs about that one just because I I'm, I know Flacco's eagle doesn't really allow him to to develop young players and that's what the Eagles need right now for Jalen. So so far I mean it's it, it's gonna be a bad offseason. It's 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 not gonna be good until next offseason to be honest when they free up a lot more money. Um so at this point you gotta kind of take it for what it is because they can't they can't afford to really do anything. All yeah. right, um, Brian. Before we let you go, um, we're gonna be talking about them later on the show. Um, we're gonna talk about later on we're gonna talk about my New York Giants. I really want to ask you quickly like. What are your thoughts on the offseason for the Giants? So, obviously, they re-signed Larry Williams, some big signs of Kenny Galladay and Dory Jackson. What are your thoughts on the Giants offseason so far? Good players, but I feel like they really overspent. Um, Adoree, to, to pay him um, $39 mil over three years to me is wild money. I, for a player that I barely played last season due to injury, Kenny Galladay is going to be a good player as long as he can stay healthy. Um, Leonard Williams was, he's a phenomenal talent. I mean, he, he was, he was, you know, he was a dog last season, even against the Eagles, but I truly feel like they, they overspent because they, they, they were desperate. Um, David Gettleman to me is, is on the hot seat. He needs to make, you know, he needs to make this team a playoff team sooner rather than later, but good, good pickups, but too much money. So yeah, any final thoughts, uh, any final question, any last minute? All right, Brian, like, we thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving us um, a lot of insight on the Eagles. You had a lot of great takes, like, great – Um, it was just it was just fun talking to you. I, lo- I love, like, talking – like, I'm a huge fan of, like, uh, the Talking Yanks podcast and how, like, they get so involved with the Yankees. So it's great to talk to someone, mm-hmm. like, who has, like, gets really involved. Like, not just, like – doesn't just report on them, but podcasting and interviews them and, like, gets, like – I don't know how I'm gonna worse, but it's hard to like just just have a, like a normal conversation with the players like on, on podcast. So so really like um I mean really I'm there looking, you know, you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. Yeah, I mean just you know, guys, you let me know whenever um whenever you guys want me on. Um I'll try my best to fit in my schedule. Alex knows how to reach to me. Um sorry for the late response, it's been a hectic week, but whenever you guys, you know, oh, want no me to come back on, just say the word. Yeah, be Brian. Brian, you you are now part of the Get Your Game On family. You can come on anytime, as long as you don't wear any Philly gear on here. That's our pet peeve of the show. <laughs> as long as you don't bring that that Dallas Cowboys napkin that you have over there. I'm oh, oh. <laughs> Michael, I'm is that, sorry, is that your you just bit, got bro? roasted. <laughs> hey, 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 RIP, okay. no comeback in from that one, Michael. You're I, I gotta give him a pound on that. I gotta give him a pound. <laughs> Hey, 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 the flaky keeps speaking warm at night, so I'll take it. I mean, something has to, right? Even if it's trash, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, okay. Even though, uh, don't maybe, I'm going to save it for a while. I'm going to save it for my for my bets. I'm going to talk trash about the Eagles. Thanks for coming. Right. I like it. He All could right. dish it and take it. 
We like you. Yeah, I, I got no problem doing that, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good no night, problem, right? brother. Take care. Take care. Well, so that was Brian Cameron. You know, um, again, that's great work. You can catch him on uh, Philly Sports Network and the uh, Flippin' Birds podcast. So, so yeah, definitely go check him out. Um, so now we're going to move on to um, after Mike got roasted, after Mike took the heat, it's time for Michael to start bringing the heat. That's right. We're, on to, we're moving on to Mike's hot take. Michael, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, get your game on fan crew. I was thinking about this hot take for a day and a half. What would it be? Patrick Mahomes being the the face of the of the NFL, maybe. Or Alex, whoever, well, Chris, ever beat me in Madden? No. That David will ever beat my dad in the throwing contest in the football? Nah. It goes back to decision one. I think Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL. That is my hot take. Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL for this generation. He is the Kobe Bryant of the NFL. Here's why. Tom Brady, Adam, and Chris, I'm going I'm to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real like a late period. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, this is his NFL. I was explaining that. I was talking to my, me and my dad were talking about this the other day. How Mahomes is a great quarterback. He, you paying what billions of dollars right now? Yeah, uh, he's, he's making um, over four hundred million. Four hundred million, about, about half, he, half a billion. He, he may become a billionaire by the end of his career. That's how nice he is. Don't quote me on it, but who knows? I'm saying he's the best player in this Super Bowl, even though he had a shaky start in the Super Bowl. I think Brady was passing him the torch. My dad, me, me and my dad saw him play. In the 2020 Super Bowl that year, me and my dad were saying he was the greatest quarterback. Am I right or wrong, big guy? We were talking about that. We were saying he was the best quarterback to ever play the game. Let's see. His first year, his rookie, he won rookie of the year. Second year in the league, he won MVP. Third year in the league, he won the Super Bowl MVP. Fourth year in the league, he went to the Super Bowl. Guys, that's an impressive hot start to do in Matt in the NFL. Nobody has had that hot spot since Brady. Right or wrong, Adam? Chris? You know more football than I do, but you gotta say, yo, he had four impressive years. Like he's doing stuff that I wish I could do at his age, as a quarterback. Let's see, you went to Texas Tech. You did. You didn't do well. You were like what a third or fourth round pick. He was a first round pick. It was a tenth overall pick. It was tenth tenth overall. It's not like it was was third or fourth round. He was the third quarterback. No, he was the second. It was the second one taken. Yeah, right before he was the first one taken. My bad. Like, let's see. He is basically the Brady of this generation. Remember how kids say, I want to be like Tom Brady? Kids are going to be like, I want to be like Patrick Mahomes. He's a new face of the NFL. I agree. Um, Chris, you want to have anything to say? I, I would definitely say he's proven with the way he started that he's a face of the NFL right now. And you mentioned about it. He'll definitely be a billionaire after this contract with all the endorsements and stuff assuming he stays healthy and stuff. But as of the guys currently in the NFL right now, I don't see anyone who could surpass him. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Trevor Lawrence does, as well as we'll see other top quarterback prospects come about in the next few years. But as of right now, Mahomes is clearly the face of the NFL, and he'll probably stay that way. But I do want to go back to one point. You, Michael, you mentioned how um, you thought that's through both kind of like Brady passing the torch. But I personally don't think that's the case just yet. 
I still think Brady's Brady's still he's still coming for more, and it's going to be tough to beat him next year still. So Mahomes is going to have to bring it if he wants yeah. to get back on top. Big man, I agree with you 100%, Big C, but I think in my – you know you're my man for the grab, but I believe that he kind of passed down the torch because Brady, what, he has, what, four or five years left in, in the tank? He's 43 years old, I believe, right, boys? I, one quick thing. I don't think – whenever I think Brady's at the point where he can't lead a Super Bowl team, I think he'll be done after that point. I think – He's not compete for championships. I think he'll be done. I'll right. see for a couple of years. He has a great team. Don't get me wrong, but in in the NFL history, no other team has won back to back championships since Brady has. But here's the thing: we call that. But I think Brady. I think Mahomes is like I'm not gonna lose back to back years in the Super Bowl. But however, the runner up team had never makes it back to the Super Bowl ever again. You guys know that they go off a year. Like for example, when the when the when the Wait, not true. That that when the birds beat the beat the Patriots that year, the Patriots won the next year. Point is, guys, I'm saying this at the end of my hot take. Mahomes, it's the right here and right now the NFL. This reminds me of the Kobe Bryant and LeBron in basketball. How a lot of Kobe Bryant fans, I was saying Kobe didn't pass LeBron the torch until Kobe left the NBA. But people think LeBron had it since 09 since 2010 2011, but Kobe was the best player from 09 to 2013 in the league. But I'm saying this Super Bowl was surpassing the torch, but next year Mahomes is going to win at least five, have at least seven championships by the end of his career, Chris. Mark Sports, bro. He's going to have at least seven championships. I was about to ask both you and Chris that. Um, do you think there's any chance, any chance at all that Mahomes can even, like, like be on the same tier of Tom Brady as terms of like overall greatness. He will. He will. Come on. I say no. That, that's Chris, just you I, I'm going to go on one point. So it's a fun discussion, think, and with how I think playing, there's like it's a slim there, chance, but, but I don't unreal. see it happening. It's very, very slim. It's unrealistic expectations now. I, mean, I don't think it's impossible. Though. Of, no, like it's. I don't not think it's impossible, like, but I, de- I, I definitely sure. think like it's a it's a long uh, shot. Like he's driving. He yeah, has the so talent was, to do it. I will say he has the talent. Brady. Yeah, he has he has the talent. It's just it's just like definitely it's just, it's just the fact that like uh, winning a Super Bowl like is like so hard. It's I think it's so hard. winning a Super Bowl is it's easily the hardest championship to win in all sports, in my opinion. It is. It is. Oh, because at least honestly, at least professional. I say it's the NBA finals. I gotta say the I NBA finals. Sorry, that, oh, like I could not disagree. Topic, a discussion for a different time. Maybe. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that'll that, be a different. That'll be a different, different episode, take. Uh, that'll be a discussion. Next few, uh, viewers of this episode, okay. of episode six, that'll be a future episode around episode thirteen. We'll that, that, that'll, that, that'll, be a fu- that'll be a future hot take for you, Michael. Uh, David, you have something to say? Yeah, it's about Mike's hot take. Um. Like, I definitely agree about what you said, about your hot take. But I just feel like that when we were probably kids, like, I don't know, like 2000s, Brady was always a face, but he's, like, just in football. Honestly, big boy, I believe, in my opinion. Um, I'm not finished, by the way. Um, the reason is about 
this year and this decade, having a competition between Mahomes of the face of the face. What's this the WWE? Franchise. This isn't WWE have face of the face. Because um, the reason I said that is because Tom Brady was all time the face and going back winning so many Super Bowl titles, just like the Lakers, they won a lot of um, NBA championship titles and Yankees won a lot of 27 titles. Brady is the most dominant football player to play in three different decades. Chris, I'll give him that. You've been playing in three different decades. Am I yeah, right? I give him that too. He played in three different decades. Kobe played in two different decades. Now, Kobe played in two decades, and my main man, even though I don't like him, Tom Brady played in two decades. I'm saying this. When you think of sports, you think of five great athletes, in my opinion. Boxing, you think of Muhammad Ali. Basketball, you think of Jordan. Football, you either think Brady or Montana. Baseball, you think of Babe Ruth or Derek Jeter. And five, for hockey, you think of Wayne Gretzky. So, you had, Walt, rest in peace, Walter Gretzky, by the way. Wayne's yes. dad. And um, I'm saying, when you think of sports, you think of the five great athletes who changed the game for sports. I don't care what Walt Chamberlain says, Jordan was the greatest NBA player. That's my hot, enough of my hot take. We're talking about uh, the NFC East. About the all right, all right. So, so thank you for your hot take, Michael. Um, you always brought the heat as always. So now we're gonna move on to we're gonna resume up NFL free C and I've been waiting to talk to you about this. I gotta talk about my New York Giants making some moves. So, for those who haven't heard, like the Giants, on the last football episode we did, I told you they re-signed Larry Williams to a um. What was it three years, sixty-three million, I believe. So, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure those terms are accurate. And now, after that, um, there were rumors at the time that the Giants are in a Kenny Galladay. You know, they also visit Kenny Galladay, and well, you know what? They signed former Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay to a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal. And I think this is a move the Giants had to make because the Giants last year, you know, even though they were they were a six to ten team, you know, which actually is an improvement compared to um like previous years. But um, I think the reason why the Giants need to sign Kenny Galladay is they need to they need to give Daniel Jones like as much help going to um his third year because this is a big a question for the Giants. They need to figure out if Daniel Jones is gonna be their quarterback of the future because in his first season, like he showed a lot of problems. He twenty four touchdowns, like. He had, he had a turnover issue, but still, like, you look at his first year and he showed some flash, he showed some promise. Then his second year, like, for a variety of reasons, like, um, offensive coordinator, um, like, um, a lack of weapons, like, he regressed. Like, he threw only 11 touchdowns last year, so, um, like, he definitely regressed. So, this is the year where, um, they need, just need to know, like, if Dan Jones is their, is their quarterback. I think, like, Getting like a top flight wide receiver will definitely help because the Giants' I mean, defense was great last season. That I believe their defense was ranked ninth in the NFL. The offense was ranked um, second to last, so they definitely needed to prove their offense. So I definitely they kept signing Kangal is going to go a long way in doing just that. 
Adam, I know you're happy about this, brother. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Enough is enough for Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? They, they had huge eye-opens for him. But I'm saying this. Do I think he'll be a great quarterback? I don't think so. And my friend, who's a Giants fan, who's another Giant fan, he said, Daniel Jones is an order-rated order quarterback. Overrated, overhyped quarterback. But how is he overrated? He, he isn't the worst quarterback in the NFC. He isn't the worst quarterback in the NFL. I'm just saying, only way he'll be good if he can lead the Giants to the playoffs. Because the quarterback, you're the main guy of the locker room. Right or wrong, Big Chris? He's def- definitely a lot of a lot of good points. But I don't think – well, I think it's something we'll get to later. But I don't think – like, he has to have a big year, obviously. But I still think he has some time. I don't know about that, Chris. Like, because I think this is the year for because we're seeing it like with in the NFL, like quarterbacks like used to get like four to five years. Like you'll see anymore. You see quarterbacks like uh, most of the time they usually get two, three, like four years if you're lucky. Like usually, but most of the time you usually get two or three years. Look at Josh Rosen; he only got one year. So teams are like um coming down hard if they don't like if they don't like what they see in like a young quarterback, like they won't hesitate to move on. So. I think this is definitely going to be a big year for um, Daniel Jones to cement to cement himself as the guy because if he if he struggles again, yo, Giants are definitely got the same. So I was like, we might have to find ourselves a new quarterback. But um, also, the Giants also made a big move. They also signed um, quarterback Dory Jackson. So the Giants definitely have a big offseason, and I have to like give a lot of credit to a man who I you guys know I am not a fan of him. I have been very critical of him. Dave Gilman has done a great job as to um, off seasons. Um, like from signing James Bradbury, who turned out to be like a Pro Bowl quarterback, to signing Blake Martinez, who turned out to be like a really good linebacker. And now he lands like a legit number one wide receiver in Kenny Galladay. And he also adds Adore Jackson as a second corner. You gotta give Dave Gilman a, a, a lot of credit. Like I, I've never been a big fan of him. I've called for his head up a lot of times when he's made some, in my opinion, really stupid moves. Which he definitely, uh, I could even now, I could still nitpick here and there of a couple moves Dave Gilman makes. But um, overall, like I think the good moves that Dave Gilman's made has definitely like outweighed the bad. I also gotta give, uh, um, I also gotta give a lot of credit um, to one man who I think. I'm going to ask you all guys a question. I think this is the man that has, like, been, like, who has contributed most to, like, the Giants, like, turning their culture around, Joe Judge. I definitely agree with that. I think he's – I think there was a lot of question marks when he was hired, I feel like, from the media. But I feel like – I feel like he did a lot of good things last season and it seemed like the team really bought in. And you yeah. can kind of see that with – You got so many Jackson. good vibes around Joe Judge, just, like, from previous years because – all you have to do, like, uh, from previous coaches of Ben McAdoo and Pasher to get understand how bad they were, all you had to do was just open up, like, a press conference that you would listen to. You'd be like, this is the most boring, like, stuff I've ever heard in my life. Like, they did little to nothing to, like, inspire the team. They weren't, like, good enough leaders. Um, they, uh, definitely Ben McAdoo and, to a lesser extent, like, Pat Schirmer. Like, they just weren't, like, the guys necessary to be, like, they, they weren't, like, they didn't have the stuff to be like the leader of the franchise. Like 
to really like galvanize all the truths. When you look at Joe Judge, like everyone thought, like coming in that oh he's gonna be like a poor man's Bill Belichick. He was like gonna be like this hard nosed like blue collar um, type of coach. He definitely like is definitely a very strict coach, but he's also a very human coach too. Like I'm sure you guys all saw the video of like uh, in practice where Joe Judge like dove in the mud to uh, like get a fumble on the, and the all of his players went nuts. Like you can see like the relationship that. Joe Judge is able to um form with his players. Like I remember one time, like him and him and Evan Ingram, like had a friendly bet. Like he's able to connect with his players, and that definitely like that doesn't go unnoticed in the NFL. Like you saw, I believe when both Adoree Jackson and Kay Galladay had their press conference, they mentioned how Joe Judge was a major factor in like in them signings. So um, it's definitely a rough couple of years for the Giants. Like, but I think like I saw a tweet that. From um, I forget the account, but they mentioned the the day Giants hired Joe Judge. I think that was the day that they finally started to turn their franchise around. Definitely agree with that. I just feel like we kind of discussed it, but the culture has just been different since that time. Definitely, uh, David. Um, I just want to say that um, going so going back, what you said about like the Giants, like. It's going to be an interesting year just because they're in a rebuilding process. And it's been a while that they have been. Though, I, hate to interrupt been the, I, I mean, I hate to interrupt you, David, but you said the Giants are in a rebuilding process. I think this upcoming year, I think is the year for, I think it's the year where they got to like at least, comp- at the very least, compete for a playoff spot. You can't go like, you can't, no more double digits lost season. You can't like finish six and 10. You can't finish five and 11. You can't like continuously like have double digits of these seasons. Like this is the year that the Giants for them to be like a nine, ten, like eight, like some kind of like around that range team. Like a team that at the very least is either a making the playoffs or b like is like right on the brink of making the playoffs. And no, last year doesn't count because if they were in like a trash division. Well, can I say something? So, if I. Uh... You said Daniel Jones is a star quarterback. They got, they got a, like... I didn't say he was a star. I never said that. No, no, not, not a star. I mean, like, a, I know he's either... I know he was a rookie before, but um, as a quarterback, they got, they got, they, they got a, like, um, like, like, about, like, um, about, like, they're trying to, um, what am I trying to say? Like, Build around Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah you guys, I said that. you got so many guys coming from the draft from colleges or something like these guys. Some of them are like some heavy hitters or some are not just because just because it depends on their size, and it it, it takes a, a lot of work. I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with, you. I definitely agree with you that uh, there, David. Um, it's very important to surround your quarterback with weapons, cause here, cause here's the thing. I'm gonna compare us like Michael. You're a Jets fan, so I'm gonna make this. Comp- I was say you should be able to raise a lot to it. Um, Sam Darnold, like the Jets, still don't know what they have in Sam Darnold because, pretty much in any other circumstance, you would look at a uh, quarterback who's who's has like underwhelmed as much as Sam Darnold, you assume like, okay, they're they're like a bust. But you can't do that as Sam Darnold because of how badly the Giants, the I mean, sorry, the Jets have like failed to like 
put like a good supporting cast around them. They've done them absolutely no favors. If anything, they've if anything, I think they've done more way more harm than good. Like and the and absolutely the key true that is Adam Gase. Like Adam Gase, I think we all can agree like Adam Gase is like an atrocious he's not a bad head coach. He's an atrocious head coach. Like and that's the one thing like a, a quarterback, a young quarterback, they can, you can expect to overcome like a bad offensive line. You can expect them to overcome like a ba- lack of wide receivers. The one thing a quarterback, especially like a young one, like like the one thing ninety nine percent of quarterbacks can't overcome is like that level of bad coaching. When you have that bad of a coach, like it's like very, it's like next to impossible for your quarterback to like to really reach his full potential. So and and getting back and getting back to that, uh, like the the difference between the Giants and and the Jets is like the year three, the Giants are going pretty much going to know if Daniel Jones is their guy. They've got they got a great head coach in Joe Judge, you know. Um, they got a lot of weapons. Like obviously, Kay Galladay is your number one, but you still have got a lot of great weapons. Saquon Barkley is coming back healthy. You, you still got guys like Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Those are two like they might not be number one type of receivers, but they're great. Like two number two number three options so um like and the offensive line like it's definitely been suspect but it's definitely improving like you saw how like once the giants fired the offensive line coach andrew thomas who's been struck was struggling at that point he took like the next step like um you're getting nate soldier back who's not great but he's like eh, he's he's at least he's at least adequate he's at least serviceable and i definitely think like the offensive line should be improved so year three this is it for dan jones there's no more excuses it's time to see what if Daniel Jones is the guy for um, this franchise moving forward? You mean the spotlight? Yeah, the that Giants. Way, um, Alex, you want to say something? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, as a Giants fan perspective, I guess that you just hope that there's no really deep injuries on the offensive side because – Let's say if Saquon goes goes down, then you guys have like a bad um, a bad group of running backs to go with. They got some nice depth of running back though. You got Wayne Gallman. Um, you got uh, even though I didn't like the sign they signed. Um, I forget who they signed again. Who's the running back they signed? I I, uh, I don't know, but they but they've got yeah. some nice depth at running back though. So, but but I definitely but I but. But the point you make about injuries, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, in, especially Daniel Jones, like, because all this goes out, out the window if Daniel Jones, like, um, is hurt, which I really hope he does. Like, but here's the thing assuming Daniel Jones stay healthy, I, I want to ask you guys this as far as expectations for Daniel Jones, assuming Daniel Jones stays healthy and plays, I don't know, at least 14, 15 games, I think, like, 400 passing yards, I mean, 4,000 passing yards and 30 touchdowns, I think are reasonable expectations for him. You guys agree? That sounds yeah. about right, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that would be like, um, that would be like, it wouldn't necessarily be bonafide top 10, but it would be borderline. It would be like, at least be in the conversation for top 10. Yeah. At least be in the conversation, be in that like top 12, like just be in the mix. That's really like, all we can really expect the Daniel Jones. Um, yeah, that'd be good. That, that sounds about right. There was because twelve quarterbacks over four thousand last year. So if he's right about that number, I'd, yeah, I'd, that'd be a good spot. It'd be a good improvement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alex, David. Um, 
I want to say that um, going going back what you said about like Saquon and but but Alex said about Saquon and injuries and stuff. I want to give my man Saquon a shout out. Like my my friend, um, Jay Cooper. He used to play for Penn State. He um he used to play with Saquon and he played football with him. And I I heard him good things about Saquon. He works out. He works. He has a great hands. Whatever you put him on the spotlight, he will run the ball and give you a touchdown. Like he has a lot of spotlight. There's a lot of players who need the spotlight besides him. Honestly, one hundred percent. Yeah, here's what I agree. Yeah, um, um, I want to touch one more thing on the Giants, and then we'll get to our uh, bets. Um, one more thing about yeah. the Giants and their signs is it opens up so much possibilities for um, the 11th overall pick. Because let's say, for example, if the Giants didn't get Kenny Galladay, like that would have been an indicator that they're taking a wide receiver at 11. And and that's definitely like you don't want to be sending those blatant signals out because if teams know that you're taking a wide receiver, like all three of the top wide receivers in this draft, you know, Smith, you know, um, the, you, you know, Devon, they switched Jamar Chase and Jan Waddle. There was a, there was like a decent chance that all three of them could have been gone, like by the Giants, a lot of pick, and then they would have had like, and then they would have had like nothing. But now that they have like their number one wide receiver and they also address like their number two quarterback, it opens up so many possibilities for them with the 11th overall pick, depending like how the board falls. Like, like they still have some. Even though their defense is much improved, they still have holes like um at um linebacker and at the edge rusher. So if they want to take a chance on a guy like Parsons or Gregory Rousseau or, or a different like type of edge rusher, they could do that. Like if they want to trade back and, and get an edge rusher, they, they could do that. Um if like let's say like by a miracle Devontae Swift falls to them, like that's that's definitely like a no pick like if they want to go and drive like a Kyle Pitts, like they like they could do that. Like there's so many possibilities for the Giants, like with the overall pick that they've created, like from their free agency signs. Definitely a good point. Definitely a good point. That you kind of talked about the draft a little bit. Do you have any? If we have time, real quick, do you have any like players locked into? Players that I'm locked into. Um, I've been lo- I've been locked into a couple. Like obviously, um, I- I've been locked into like um. Mika Parsons, so I mentioned the linebacker from Penn State. You know, um, there are some concerns about like his character, about his character, about stuff that he was involved in. But I really like have right now. It's just allegations, so I don't know how much or how little stock to put in that. I mean, I take all stuff. I, mean, I do. I too they do take um like um like character stuff seriously when they evaluate a prospect. But I don't know how much. Or, but I I just can't really um. I don't know too much about the situation, so I can't really investigate on that. Um, there are also some edge rushers that I've been invested in. Um, I forget his name, but there's also another edge rusher from Penn State that's been getting a lot of traction. Um, also, I forgot to mention, um, I, I forget his first name, but Swell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. I think I there's no chance like he slips to 11, but if he slips to 11, like that's a no-brainer pick for them. There's also another offensive tackle that I forget his name, but that would be a good pick at 11. Um, I think if if I were the Giants, I would just wait to see like how like the board falls. If all the major prospects like uh, that were, if all like the big time prospects like are are gone, that I would look to trade back. Um, 
And um, but if but if not, like I would um, but if one of like like let's say like the Baltics just falls, like that's a no brainer in my opinion. Like if Swill falls, that's a no brainer. If Pitts falls, it's a no brainer. Like other than those three guys, though, like I would like to them to like trade back and grab like an offensive lineman, uh, or an edge ro- or an edge rusher. Like I hope the first two picks. I will say this: I hope one of the of their first two picks with the first round, and second round. I hope at least one. I hope at least one of those is like that edge, like pass rusher, because that's really the last piece this defense needs to really spit themselves as like a top five defense. All right, um, Michael Sexy, like we're running a lot of time. We're running a lot of time. All right, so we we can't we can't we can't bore our viewers now. All right, all right, all right. So. Again, we're rolling all time, so it's time to move on to everyone's favorite segment of the show, our bets of the week. So to quickly recap last week, last week, guys, we went five and one in our bets. So 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 let me just go over over the bets. Like I had the Clippers over the Hawks on the spread. Like the Hawks were winning for the majority of the game, so I was thinking to myself, oh, man, I'm about to go one and four. I'm about to be doomed. The Clippers came back, and they won by nine points. So I so I was so thrilled um, for that they covered. So I improved to two and three. Um, David had Michigan over LSU on the spread. Like, he, he got W there. Um, Chris had Oregon over Iowa on the money line. He got W. Um, Chris is out three and two. David's also three and two as well. Alex, both both me and you have been hot. Both of you, Alex had um, Corey is put over fourteen points, and um, he got that. So now both me and Alex have won our last two straight bets, and we're both two and three. Awesome, man. Michael had the Jazz over the Bulls on the spread. He got that. He's now three and two. And Marcellus, uh, his first bet, he actually went against me. He was the only one to take an L last week. He had the Hawks over the Clippers on the spread, and as you mentioned before. The Hawks weren't able to cover that, and um, so he took an L. Marcellus is now 0-1, so. Speaking of my cousin, he said that he wants me to take his bet. I just spoke to him. He wants me to take his bet for it. All right, so he – oh, you're going to take his bet for him. Oh, 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 oh. oh. He's going to listen to oh. the episode later. We're definitely – we're, de- we're going to save that for last. Like, we're gonna save, we're definitely I'm going to do my two last. picks left. I'm going to do my two picks uh, left. All right, so. I mean, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go first, and I was really thinking for this one because I was looking at and I'm like I ain't really fall in love with anything. There are a couple that interested me, but I ain't really fall in love with anything. And in both the NHL and the NBA, so I decided I'm gonna go back to the tournament. I'm gonna go back to March Madness, and I'm gonna go with Baylor over Villanova. On the spread, Baylor is currently favored by seven and a half. Like, if you look at Baylor, you know, um, their past like couple of games, like they went fairly easily. They cut, they um, won by 13 points against Wisconsin, they won by um, 24 points uh, against Horford. So, they've been you know, um, outscoring their opponents, like, and winning by like fairly decent margins. And and you look at Villanova, like, um, they're not like the same Villanova Wildcats that they used to be. Like they're still a good team, but look at the pre- you look at their past couple of games in the tournament. They beat Winthrop, who was a 12 seed. Then they beat North Texas, who was a 13 seed. Now they're going up against one of the best teams in the nation. So I don't think we're gonna see the same type of performance that we saw from Villanova throughout the tournament. So I've got the so I've got Baylor 
over Villanova, on the spread, minus seven and a half. All, All right, right. who wants to go next? Big, yo, Big Alex, you up, baby. Okay. Um, and I know where he's going. I know where Alex is going. Ooh. Because I know Alex better than anybody in this group group call. I know where he's going. Oh, so he didn't leak you your picks. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He's either going with Villanova or Phillies or the Sixers. One or the two. Let me know, Alex, if I'm right. Just been training, jeez. Um, this I'm going with a NHL pick. Oh, I was wrong. I am going to pick the money line for the Winnipeg Jets. Ooh, that's ballsy, there, boy. <laughs> what are Jets playing? Calgary. The Calgary Flames, yeah. Um, yeah, Jets, they've been an interesting team. Like, they've been kind of like in the rebuilding process. They trade away Patrick Line, so they've been definitely kind of like in the rebuilding, but that's definitely an interesting pick. Mm-hmm. Heck, I, I'm, I need to do another hockey pick again soon. So, Adam, yeah. Adam, you're 0-3 in uh, hockey picks. Oh, 0-1. I only picked one hockey, and I, and I lost that Twice. one. No, I only picked one hockey. I, I have it on record. My only pick was like in the first episode, Oilers were the Senators. The Oilers won, but they didn't cover. So. Or David, who goes? Yo, David, you're up. Um, I'm going for Houston um, on spread against Syracuse. I'm I was sure. actually thinking about that one. I'm not sure um how much for the spread. I believe, not sure. I, I believe the spread last time I checked was minus eight. It's minus six and a half right now. Oh, minus and six and a half. I know that right. because I'm actually betting on the same game. Ooh, I I, I was thinking that. Okay, too. I'm not going to tell you which way I was leaning for that game, but I will tell you when I was thinking about my bet, I was giving that game heavy consideration. So. So, so Dave's taking Houston over Syracuse on a spread minus six and a half. So, big boy Chris, it's your first honor bet in a while. Fire away! Don't hold anything back. I'm I'm picking Syracuse in that game on the money line. They will beat Houston on Saturday. He's not even taking a trade. He's going now. Here's the thing, Chris. Chris in the past has had like. The tendency to get greedy and instead of taking the spread, which would be the easy thing, he's going all in on the money line. And that's my man Chris like is going all the way. But, but you know what? I like that about you, Chris. Are you sure about this? You, you're I'm going confident. money line? Money line. Syracuse will win that game. Oh, man. He's getting gritty. <laughs> gritty Chris. <laughs> Chris. Chris. Oh, yeah. Surprised. David, David and Chris are definitely going to be. um. On Sunday, it's going to feel yo. Somebody's going to be wrong on Sunday. Somebody's going to be wrong. The late game on Saturday. Somebody's going to be happy. Somebody's going to be happy. Somebody's going to be sad. Chris, I'm surprised you didn't go for the USC game. (laughs) All right, all right. Um, so Mike, are you going to do uh, Marcellus's pick or or um yours first? I always go last. I'm doing Marcellus's pick. All right, so do Marcellus's pick. He he is going to go for the Trailblazers over the Magic tomorrow by two points or by two points or more. The Magic or the Mavericks? I couldn't hear you. Uh, he's going over the Blazers over the Magic tomorrow. All right. That's what time it is right. Yeah, yeah. Know what time it is. All right, all right. So Marcel's taking Trailblazers over the Magic. Spread or money line? Spread. 
all right, all right, I got, all right, I got it down. So now we all right. Mike always brings the space picks last. So Michael, take it away. You know, me and my dad were thinking about it all week, all day long, going back and forth to each other, yelling at me all day. <laughs> hmm, decisions, decisions, decisions. Adam, what am I? What's my record? You're uh, three and two. Last time I picked the Jazz, they won. Mm-hmm. Last time I picked the Knicks, they screwed me. They gave me, they screwed me. <laughs> so, decisions, decisions, boys. I said on record, when I play 2K, there's two teams I don't pick. The Utah Jazz and the, and the Houston Rockets. Pick the decision. Big game decision, Big D. Big, big game decision. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go against my 2K move because in 2K, we go against the Utah Jazz. We never picked the Jazz. But today, I am picking the Jazz again to beat the Grizzlies by two or more, Daddy-O. We go in, and I'm being 42 next week with a bottle of champagne, Adam. Four uh, I am going with, with the Jazz th- over so my, Michael, um... This is nothing that this is something I didn't expect you. You're riding with the Jazz to um games in a row, but you know what? The Jazz got you a win last week. I don't blame you. So, man, Dama Mitchell's been on a hot streak. Mike Conley's been Jazz blew out the Nets the other day, like you guys saw it, but for but it was because like Katie, Kyrie, and Hard were all out. So, they had the book, you know, see, you can't go wrong, man. Half my body said you don't pick the Jazz because I'm a Laker fan on the West. But you know what? You can call me crazy. Hit me, baby, one more time. We're going with the Jazz this week. We're going with the Jazz. All right. So, Mike is crazy Mike jazz got his on the spread. So, that's it. That's all for our picks this week. And to wrap up the show, uh, Chris, it was awesome. It's awesome to have you back. Um, I'm hoping, I'm, I was hoping that you're going to be on for our next episode because. This may be my sports, but we are going to be doing heavy basketball talk. So I definitely want to get your thoughts on like you are a big college basketball expert oh. on the podcast. So I definitely want to get all your because we've been talking a lot of college basketball like in our latest episode, and there's been so many stuff trying to turn that I wanted to talk to you about. So I'm definitely looking forward to our next episode. Let's go, it'll be good. Let's do it, boys. All right, Late. any final thoughts? I just gotta say. Never bet against black. Enough said. Facts, man. Facts. Facts. Never ever bet against black. So, um, that's it. This has been episode six of the Get Your Game Life podcast with yours truly, Adam Grisani, Michael Cunningham, Atreach, David Heller, Chris Keir, and Marcellus Murdoch. If you like what you heard, leave a like and follow or subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you want to join the conversation, drop a comment for a review, and we may feature it in a future episode. Remember, my friends, don't assume your dreams are just fancy. If you got magical world, believe in it and dive in. See you next time, and until then, stay lit. <laughs>